Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we're bringing you a solitary two news stories, but they're pretty sweet, so get out my ass or get in my ass. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that, to be completely honest. But before we get to any of that, because uh, we've got so much amazing stuff in this episode for you, of course, it is our like news cram segment that has a bunch of amazing new stuff we're gonna go over to kickstarter and god bless the crowd we're gonna answer your audience questions and so much more but like i said before we get to that i gotta introduce myself von hyde alongside my illustrious co-host the biggest of average josh boys how you doing today big josh boy i'm good it's been a day but i'm i'm good yeah i've heard it's been a day it's been a day Mm -hmm. dude i mean yeah Hopefully you're you're I'm just gonna say hopefully you're getting to the light at the end of the tunnel. But ever since what, that was dying? used as like a metaphor for death, it sounds ominous. So I don't yeah. I don't know. If hopefully, I can anymore. hopefully I'm dying and then I won't have to worry about things. That's I, great. I know you got to tell all those people that like have that like died but then lived and then they were like, oh yeah, it was like I saw a bright light at the end of the tunnel that was beckoning me forward. You got to tell them that they ruined a perfectly good analogy. Like it's true. I'm gonna, I they just it hold up. it against them for the rest of their lives. I'm telling you right now. All right, we'll do it. If I ever meet <laughs> someone like that, I'll yell in their face. <laughs> like, you ruined it. Now I can't exactly. say this very easy, like, easy analogy. You just, you just piece of shit. Do you even think about that? Like, God. I know. So inconsiderate, for real. <laughs> These people. Who do they think they are dying and shit? I know, dude. And then coming back to life, what's up with that, dude? You zombie? Mm-hmm. Not cool. Not cool, bro. Exactly. Exactly. So, Big Josh Boy, I have had kind of, uh, I'm having an, a problem because mm. recently we've been in talks to get Mr. Josh Nichols on this podcast, okay? Ooh, Mr. Josh Nichols. And okay. the problem is, one, you forgot he that like he us? has been on before, so that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my defense, I wasn't here. That is a fair point. And two, if he comes on, what am I going to call him? Because it can't be two Joshes, dude. They can't. That's true. That is true. It's like a law of physics. I don't know how the world exists with the two of you in it. I honestly think in some way Florida is actually a different dimension. That would make so much sense. Mm, I mean, it kind of feels like it right now. Yeah, and all the like Florida man shit. Like, let's be real. That's that's some stuff straight out of the mist. Like, let's be... (laughs) I got to be honest here. You know, it's not, I mean, people have this weird 
representation of their mind of that everyone is like Florida Man. It's it's far and few in between that you'll actually see that just out in the wilds. Those kind <laughs> of cases. So like people probably just think I never really thought about that. How how crazy others must see us because they must just think we're fucking either insane meth addicts or at Disney World. Like I I assume that's the only thing people think of when they think of Florida. I mean, the weirdest thing about it is that I understand that Florida has a massive, like, their population density is, is pretty massive. But also, I swear to God, every day, there's a news story. You could just Google Florida, man, and it's some crazy shit. You're like, yeah. what? How is this even we possible? Keep, we keep it interesting, man. You gotta, you gotta keep, uh, you know, keep you on your toes. Yeah, you're, you're keeping the entirety of the world on their toes. I love that, yeah. like... built character. It's not just a United States thing where it's like Florida, man. Like, I swear to God, you can go to different continents. You can go to, like, Europe. You could probably go to China and Japan. You could go all these places. And they would also colloquial, like, uh, they uh, that would be part of their shorthand is, like, Florida, man. <laughs> uh, that I do not know. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe. Maybe they would. I'm definitely ignorant to it, but I'm I'm gonna cross my fingers, and I I definitely think it's possible. You you go over to like Japan, and then you'd hear them like actually speaking Japanese, but then they'd say like Florida man, and you'd be like, I fucking I heard it, I knew it. Yeah, so I think You're I'm talking about to, me. I think I'm gonna have to call him like Daniel or something, like really Daniel. Yeah, yeah, or or the entire time I call you Big Josh boy and him Josh. Like maybe that's the mm. thing. That's kind of weird. I don't know. Is it though? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it'll probably be like uh, startling at first. Not startling. That's not the right word. But it'll just be jarring at first because it'll be like, I want to respond anytime I hear Josh because that is my name. <laughs> I like, I just have to, you know, I guess only answer to Big Josh Boy, which is just pushing this agenda of yours even further, which I'm not about. <laughs> And then eventually, like, we have Josh on the podcast so many times that eventually in your life, you no longer actually respond to Josh. People will be like, Josh, 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 Josh. And then they'll, you're just, like, looking away, and they're like, big Josh boy. And you're like, yeah, what's up? Mm. Hmm? Yeah. Only you and my wife call me that. I think I'm trying to incept you into, into like, being okay with the name Big Josh Boy. Also, did you say your <laughs> wife calls you that? <laughs> it was a joke. You'll never get me there. <laughs> I don't know, dude. That top's still spinning. Let's be real here, okay? Mm, I don't think so. I, I know. I am no Inception. I'm definitely in the Inception camp where, like, that top was weeble wobbling and it was ready to go down. But this isn't about movies. It's about indie games. So let's talk about them. Uh, Josh, you have been right. playing the Heartbound demo by Pirate Software. What do you think so far? I've I've heard it's really good, and I've I've heard a lot of people like in the wake of like no Undertale or Deltarune or anything coming out of Toby Fox, they found kind of a home in Heartbound. Yeah. So um, for those listening, the reason why this is like the only thing I've been playing is just because I've been so busy with other things. But I wanted to check this out because uh, I actually asked the developer to see if we could do an interview. I haven't really heard back on that yet, but. Um, Heartbound is something that I've been watching for a long time. This is a game that has been in early access since 2018 of December. And it's a game that is very similar to what you would think of for Undertale. So it is a very story-rich, a very emotional um, adventure that you play. It's a... it's. 
tagged as a non-traditional role-playing game. And so the way it works very similar to Undertale, you have um, battles where it's not like a turn-based RPG that you would think of when there's like an enemy. Instead, you're doing certain activities. So there's like little mini games you play within each battle. And based on how you do in those little games of like, avoiding certain attacks or dodging or hitting something at the right time, you'll then either take damage or the enemy will take damage. And in between that, there's a bunch of puzzles, there's a bunch of dialogue, there's uh, a bunch of very sad moments in this game. So the main point of it is you're this kid who he wakes up and you have this talking dog. I don't know why the dog talks, but you have this talking dog and Stuff happens, I won't go into it, but basically the dog disappears, you have to find the dog, and the story continues. Um, there's a lot of very, like I mentioned before, uh, heart-pulling strings that they play to of trying to get you to enjoy who those characters are and then immediately rip them away from you, which is something that in just a demo doesn't give you too much other than like, I want to find my dog. What happened to the dog? What's going on? Um, but the game itself has a lot of potential in it from those little mini games to a bunch of different puzzles in between that are fun. I do like the the banter that the characters had. And it is a story where they left it on this note in in a way where you're like, I, I need to know more. I want to know more. Um, the reason why I haven't actually gone for this game just because it, it is a fairly cheap game. It's only 10 bucks. So it's not something that's crazy expensive. But the reason why I tend to hate early access games that are of this caliber is because something that's story rich and very you have to get into the world and be a part of really sucks when you play up to a certain point and then you get that early access message of like, this part isn't finished yet. And you're like, well, I want to know more. It's the equivalent of watching tv series where they used to do an episode every week and you're like fuck i have to wait a, i have to wait a week for this but instead it's you know you have to wait until the developer actually finishes it the one really cool thing about this though and one of the things that i didn't even know until recently that i think is very interesting is if you're interested to learn more about the development of the game uh the main developer is actually streaming the work that he does. So he'll he'll build the game and stream it and talk to people in chat and he'll show you kind of what he's doing and why he's doing certain things, the newest features that he's putting in, things like that. It's a really interesting way to get that behind the scenes to the game. And it's also an easy way for people who are wanting or willing to join into this early access community because you can clearly see what he's going towards or what like it's not like early access games where you just hear nothing from the developer and then you just kind of sit there and you're like i hope this game gets made eventually um so there's a lot of positives to it it's something that playing the demo i'm definitely more excited to actually get into this game because it is another one of those similar to undertale where depending on the choices you make in the game it does matter and it will change the path that you take in the game and how characters respond to you so I, I am very intrigued to see how far this goes, but it's still one of those things where super, super big fan of it, but just not going to get it until I can actually have the full experience. Yeah, because you want to binge the experience. You want to actually kind of right. like play through the entirety of it versus like, I okay, I'm going to be honest. What I was going to say is getting cucked by it, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one way to put it, but uh <laughs> 
yeah i'm i'm not really that into getting cucked by video games <laughs> it's not my style um i honestly okay so uh, having looked at the like the art style and everything for undertale i i and this might annoy people but i actually much prefer this art style like this more like 1632 bit art style i think heartbound looks very very pretty um, and I yeah. and I like it a lot, and I love the conversation overlays, how they're much more, like, detailed versions. Um, as mm-hmm. far as I've seen, I've only seen the dog and then a little bit of your main character. But um, where the story, like, as far as the story goes right now, how far would you say, like, the demo actually got you into it? Uh, that's a good question. So it's, it's about an hour long of a demo. Um, I don't know really what the end result of this game will be. I know there's a couple chapters in it already in the actual version of it. So I'm assuming, I think that was like the first chapter you get into. Um, So I'm assuming there's a good amount more. I just don't know what the developer has planned as far as full release. Um, And I don't, let me see, early access. So in here, they say that how long will the game be in early access that it's currently looking until late 2020. So that might not be like, that could be still true, but probably from COVID that might get pushed back to, you know, like early 2021 or something like that. I'm not too sure. I I haven't, you know, talked to the developer or seen exactly what they're planning. Um, But that being said, it seemed like a a good amount of content if they have, you know, a couple of chapters elsewise. This was a very teaser type of demo where it gives you the first part and then it's just like, find out more if you want to buy the game kind of a thing. So I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, I really enjoyed it and I'm still gung ho about this. It's just, I don't know too much cause I'm trying to save myself from spoiling anything to the nature of what actually happens in the game. Yeah. I've, I've also kind of had, I I've actually had heartbound in my um, like steam wish list for a long time. I yeah. just well, I mean, I have like every game in my Steam wishlist. It's packed, <laughs> but um, I've had it in my my Steam wishlist for a long time. But I'm also kind of like, just like you, I'm kind of paralyzed by that idea of the game not being finished right now, and kind of wanting right. to be able to like get to the conclusion of it. Um, so this is definitely something that I will also like wait to see something from. But it does have Steam cards, so that's pretty sweet. <laughs> I do course. have to say. So what else? What else do you need? Exactly. Like, that's a main selling point for every game is having Steam cards. I do, above all else, hate, though, that they, like, make this, like, ah, that they only give you, like, three out of five or possibly more to kind of, like, create a market instead of being, like, just play the fucking game and you get them all. Instead, it's, like, (laughs) pay me two cents or something and you get it like it's so annoying i hate you just it just so sell the ones you don't want and then you buy the ones you do it's fine yeah that's that's kind of what i'm thinking about doing is is doing something similar or like selling duplicates and stuff like that did i tell you mm-hmm. that uh josh nichols also he sends me all his steam cards when he gets them <laughs> that's cute yeah he's amazing <laughs> he was like oh you like steam cards you want mine and i was like sure that'd be sweet and he gave me like a bunch i didn't have i was stoked about it so now like every time he gets a steam card he like just sends me a trade offer on steam and gives me the card (laughs) how generous yeah so so silly that boy's amazing he doesn't give a shit about him so he's like i'll give him to you i was like i guess that's true yeah 
I don't give a shit about him, but I'm I'm hoarding him. I've got a I've got a collection. I don't know why being such a butthole, dude. He's just getting away. Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> I just want that fat stack of Steam cards, you know. Yeah, yeah. I definitely get it, dude. I I'm sitting on my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I'm not doing anything with them right now. I'm just uh, kind of chilling. But uh, this... one day they'll be worth it. Uh, definitely not. I okay. I have stories, dude. <laughs> I freaking oh uh, no! They could be worth it if I was willing to put the time into selling them appropriately. But before, when I had like a large collection of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, I sold it to like a shop because I was like, ah, eh, whatever. I don't really want these kind of like these cluttering my like space and everything. And I was like, ah, mm. eh, why not have an extra like little bit of money? So having known that my card, like my collection, was worth a decent chunk of change, I was like. Went to the store. It took hours. They were like, hey, we'll look through your, like, everything. Then they told me they'd give me $50, and I was like, fuck it. I don't want them anymore. <laughs> Just take them. And uh, it was the dumbest The old decision, GameStop dude. approach. It was so <laughs> dumb because I, okay, well, then you go in, and of course, you see a card that you sold for probably, like, $5. They're selling for 50 But also, right. like, the fact that I knew that my collection was worth, like, 10 times the amount that uh-huh. they were going to give me. I was like, ah, fuck. L-. That's just the laziness of it. That's, yep. I mean, yeah, that's exactly, it's a GameStop to a T. That's exactly what everyone always complains about GameStop and how they, they take their games and then sell, like upsell it so much. But then there's so many people that still do it. They're like, oh, you're only giving me a penny for that. Ah, I don't want this shit. Like, yeah, it's just kind of that. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like a gratuity or, or like a convenience fee. They're just like, yeah, that's what oh, that's you got to do if you don't want to have to like sell it yourself. It's just like how I was selling my Funko Pops. Like when I had a collection of that, I sold several of them individually and made a decent amount of money, but I didn't want to put that much time into it. So I did the right. same thing and I sell it to a local store and they gave me way less than what I would have got selling them individually. But that's what you get for being lazy. All right. We should probably yeah, talk dude. about games yeah. though. Absolutely. The game I have been playing is called Panzer Paladins by Tribute Games, uh, the same developers of games like uh, Flint Hook, Mercenary Kings, um, and I very much am enjoying it at this point. So it's a nice. 2D, um, it's a 2D action platformer. Uh, it's very like in a sense, in a similar vein to something like Mega Man, where you actually choose, like it has this large kind of like map and it has several different bosses that you can go between, each having a different world and different weapons, but what makes this really different from something like uh, like a Mega Man or anything like that is that the game is very heavily based on weapons. So, you go in, you drop into these levels, and you kill enemies, you pick up their weapons, which are spirit weapons, so it's like swords, axes, uh, spears, stuff like that, mallets, and Mm -hmm. you then, um, they, like, one, they have spells on them, but two, they are, like, they consistently break, and they're, like, this main part of the game entirely, where you're meant to collect them, and you also use them for upgrades, like, the entirety of this game's inventory system, and kind of economy is based on these spirit weapons which is so Mm -hmm. interesting because if you run out of them you just do like kind of punches and everything as uh grit your robot because it turns out that this is a very anime-esque game like it's Mm -hmm. so anime where you're like as far as i know you play a robot piloting a robot which is so weird but it's so awesome at the same time because i honestly i'm a big fan of anime and you have this like hardcore anime storyline where just randomly one day these magic kind of weapons these 
like Herculean weapons fall from the sky, and it turns out that they are anchors for like demonic and magical forces to invade our planet. So all of these forces begin to invade, and you, uh, who like you play, I believe her name is Ember. Um, you play kind of like a. I believe she's an android. I'm almost 100% sure that they say she's an android. But you play her, and she is kind of this, like, rescue android who pilots a much larger robot, kind of like a like a Gundam. Um, mm-hmm. She pilots, like, a mobile suit, and his name is Grit. Um, so you have the two different characters, and as you go through the level, you're typically going to be playing as Grit, but you're trying to kind of gather all of these spirit weapons so that you can destroy them and also like uh and kind of free the world from this magical menace for the most part these different Mm -hmm. like generals that have these like magic weapons which just random like one-off enemies also have them as well but they're much weaker than the general's weapons uh which you're trying to get all of and each weapon has its own like damage type but it also has uh durability and a spell which is very interesting so certain like weapons you'll use it because it's got a good reach or like for a myriad of reasons like maybe it's got the most durability currently but it turns out that it also has a spell so you kind of like work through having to manage your inventory like oh do i want to use this uh this sword right now do i want to use this mallet because this mallet actually has like a major healing spell but this sword has like a durability up or attack up and when you use these spells you actually consume the weapon so it also becomes part of like even more management where you're like in a boss battle and you're fighting them with all these different weapons but you're like weapon durability is getting low so typically like you can either throw it which will break it but also do damage you can do that or i typically would just use this spell which uses up the weapon and gives me a buff like possibly like a healing spell attack up durability all sorts of stuff um Mm -hmm. but so far i'm i'm really really enjoying it i've beaten i believe like three out of what seems like 10 or more bosses there's there's quite a few in panzer paladin uh my favorite part of the game is of course it's pixel art i really really love it i think it looks fantastic especially uh your pilots like sprite i think she looks so cute the way that she is designed she's kind of like she has that kind of like pop aesthetic where her head is much larger than her body And I love that so much. I think it's so absolutely adorable. Her name is Flame, by the way. Her name's not Ember. It's Flame. Um, And you actually kind of like, you see her a lot. Normally in games like this or like uh, like something like Zone of the Enders or something like that, a lot of mech-based games, you don't leave your mech all that often. But in this game, you actually have to because it's a mix between like, going through these these tight corridors and also battling with your very large uh like shielded um like gundam kind of creature your your mobile suit and it actually now that i think about it kind of reminds me of gato Roboto in a sense Mm -hmm. where you can't go through certain corridors with your suit on so instead you have to eject and just go through his kiki the cat to get through certain puzzles and stuff like that but in the end in this you don't like there's no like 
as far as I've seen, Grit doesn't turn into a submarine or a jet or anything weird like that, like <laughs> Kiki would get into. Instead, uh, you just come back to Grit, which I very much enjoy because there's a lot about the robot that I find interesting. Like, it has a shield that's actually based on how you're standing. So, typically in games like how you'd go for a leg sweep. So you'd click down and attack so that they couldn't attack you, but you could attack them. This game plays the exact same way where certain enemies will actually attack you high and attack you low. So you have to actually block them. You have to look at them and block based on where you're standing and where they're standing. So sometimes they'll go for a low attack, but if you're not low, it'll hit you instead of you blocking it, which I found mm -hmm. really fun. And I liked that little bit of gameplay. The big issue that I have with the two of them, which I feel like is actually deliberate, so it's not a problem, it's not a critique, I feel like they did this on purpose, is that there's a large disparity in movement between uh, Flame and Grit, where Grit is very hulky and slow, which makes sense because he's a gigantic robot. And then Flame is much faster, she's small, she has higher jumps, um, and... I honestly like that a lot, and she also has much lower health than Grit does, but mm -hmm. at times, like, I feel like Grit has just enough of a jump to get over a gap. Like, it's very close, and I'm like, god damn it. I and Sometimes I'll, like, I'll biff, I'll do all sorts of stuff, and it's very, very annoying, but... <laughs> Overall, I'm finding the game very fun and very interesting. I'm definitely going to play more of it, and I will probably give you an update on how much I've played it next week because I don't feel like I've played enough of the game uh, to really give it a concise, like, oh, I love this game or I hate this game or anything like that. But what I'm leaning towards right now is I very much enjoy the game. I love the way that it treats weapons, that they're not, like, permanent. You're constantly moving through them. They have very, like, low durability. It's kind of like a Zelda Breath of the Wild-esque durability system where, mm. like... And, and uh, which kind of sucks because in Zelda it annoyed the shit out of me, but this game it makes so much more sense because you're also using these weapons as like upgrade fuel to where every time you want to go upgrade grit and upgrade his health, you actually have to give up multiple weapons to then kind of satiate this need for spiritual energy to upgrade grit which i don't think makes a lot of sense because he's a fucking robot and these are like <laughs> weapons from a different dimension or from outer space so i think that's pretty weird but um just story-wise i found that really odd but i also love that like the checkpoints in the game are entirely optional in each level and you actually have to give up a weapon to use them which i thought was really interesting yeah. So it's constantly this give and take of you getting more weapons and it seems like your inventory can't necessarily get full or like maxed. Um, I did notice something today where it said like you have kind of like this spiritual energy burden. So I'm assuming that's kind of a, uh, a like limit to the amount that you can carry. But I have right. yet to like hit that and I've had quite a few. So it seems like your inventory space is, is not very limited. It seems pretty extensive, especially because you have to use them for upgrades as well. But... The only thing that I don't like about the like the weapons is that like boss weapons are meant to be this big deal, but they don't feel exceptionally powerful compared to other weapons. Like maybe their spells are more intense and I just haven't noticed, but so far they seem to do a very similar amount of damage. I mean, each mm. weapon has its own damage, just like right. it would in like an RPG or anything like that, but... 
They don't do seem... They have, um, do they have specific elements? So, like, I'm thinking about where this clearly draws inspiration, which is Mega Man. If it's anything like Mega Man, the main... In like the main reason you would fight a certain boss is because they would give you an item or a power up that you would then use on another boss because that one would be super effective to a specific boss itself. So like that boss weapon might really work well with one of the other enemies that you go face. I could see that, but I don't. I don't believe so. Like I have yet to actually come into that. I've I've fought in the three. Like I've fought the three bosses, and so far none of their weapons seem like anything special. But also, they're also applicable to this durability. They're meant to break really easily, and you can't get them back. So mm. I doubt that you're meant to use them against certain bosses. Maybe, right. but then maybe they're just for upgrades or something. Like, is there a benefit to using those to upgrade your character versus normal? They weapons? give you like more spiritual energy. That's about it. As mm. as far as I noticed, they're worth like a little bit more than these standard weapons. Right. But it's it's kind of weird. I mean, also part of the game is that you're supposed to destroy these. So I don't think they're meant to they're not meant to be like something that goes on forever. They're not meant to be um something that you go through the entire game with like you would in like a like a Mega Man-esque scenario, but they're meant to be destroyed. I just wish they felt a little bit more powerful or felt mm-hmm. more unique while you had them. Um but it's possible that I just didn't use, like, I'm going to try to, I just beat uh, Lilith, one of the bosses, and I'm going to try to use her weapon a little bit more to see if it's, like, different than any of the others. Um, right. But so far, I have yet to see any big difference between them. There's also one last feature I did want to talk about, which is called the Forge in the game, which I find so cool, is that you can actually create weapons that are then placed within the game. Uh, so huh. other people can play with them or you can play with them if you're playing offline. And I just find that so interesting. And I believe people can rate your weapons, but I'm not 100% sure. I've yet to actually... Oh, it's called the Blacksmith. Um, but I have yet mm. to actually play with it. But I thought it was so cool because you basically craft it pixel by pixel. And you also choose like what damage type it is and like what spell it'll have. And I actually saw the other day, I believe on Twitter, um, somebody tweeting out like kind of in a sense like rating a certain weapon that they got from another player like them Mm -hmm. having put it in so i like how it's kind of building this community in a weird way um but so far i i think it's really fun i like a lot of it i very much enjoy this like hardcore anime story that they're telling here about Hmm. a robot in a robot trying to fight demons i'm like hell yeah dude i'm in for it this is weird as shit and i think it's cool but I'm going to have to play more. Um, and yeah. one thing the Tribute does so, so well, and this is just for me having played Flint Hook. I haven't played like Mercenary Kings. Um, they've, they've developed so many games that I honestly forget a lot of them. But they <laughs> have a very, very cool kind of like a pixel animated like opening for the mm. game. And I think it just looks so awesome. Play the game even just for that. It's so cool. But the rest <laughs> of the game is very, very fun. I think... What's- it's well worth what, it. What happens when you end up dying in this game? So, like, are there lives? Are there resets? So, Is this arcadey, kind of like a Mega Man game? Or what yeah, happens? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, as far as I've seen, I believe you might be able to get more lives, but there is lives. So you start mm-hmm. off every kind of, like, you, you go to a certain city, which is controlled by a general, which has a certain spirit weapon. And you, like, go through and you 
once you hit the city, you realize there's like an X5. So every time you die, that goes down. So that's obviously your life counter. And then once you like end it, I believe it forces you out of that area and you have to do it all over again. But Mm. You can, like, go through, and if you, like, die once, you respond at your last checkpoint, but you do have a limited amount of lives. So you right. then also drop the weapon that you're holding, um, and you have to return to where you were to pick it up, which oh, kind of sucks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was also pretty cool because, I mean, you have so many weapons. Like uh, in Zombotron, I reviewed that for Handsome Phantom way back in the day. And it really pissed me off that when you die, you'd lose all your weapons, especially because the boss fights were so hard. You'd like Mm -hmm. drop all your weapons. I'm like, how am I supposed to fucking fight this dude? (laughs) That was a problem. But in this game, since there's such like a, a wealth of weapons and you're actually meant to have like 40 of them, it doesn't become a real issue. Right. Yeah, I was just looking to see if you had gotten a game over yet, just to see whether they're taking that Mega Man approach of you run out of lives, you basically lose all of your save data, and you have to start over again. No, no, uh-uh. not as far as I've seen. I'm playing in the classic mode. There is actually another way that you can experience the story that I have yet to do, but I have gotten a game over, and it just forces you out of that one stage, and you can play okay. again. Yeah, Okay. It- it doesn't delete everything. That would fucking suck. I would hate that so much. <laughs> I would not play this game otherwise. But yeah. no. Welcome you... to old Mega Man games. Oh, I know. I've tried to play Mega Man. I'm like, nah, I'm I'm not good enough for video games to play this you game. You gotta get good. <laughs> and also, like with Mega Man, there's like the the order to beat bosses in and make it a lot easier. So that's pretty cool. But right. we are out of the what we're playing uh section. Because we have not seemingly been playing that many games this week, which kind of sucks. It's just our lives are exceptionally busy right now. Uh, yeah. Especially because a little bit of housekeeping. Josh has been doing so many amazing indie dev interviews, and we have so many in the pipe. Mostly thanks to, like, to a lot of people sharing on Twitter and reaching out on Twitter, which was yeah. amazing that so many developers and people did so. I thought that was awesome. Uh, so right now, as of recording, we put, uh, we put up the newest indie developer interview with Victor Burgos, I believe is how you say his name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the, I believe, head of, and like founder of Burgos Games that currently have a game on Kickstarter called Nico Ghost Jump which is a weird name, but (laughs) I appreciate how weird it is that it also has an exclamation point in the name. Yeah. I mean, everything about this game is very interesting. For those who haven't seen it and want to, it is on Kickstarter. It is very, very similar to the nature of the Wii's Super Paper Mario uh, RPG, I think it was called, where it took Paper Mario and changed it from the normal turn-based Mario and instead made it more of this interesting platformer and you would have to play with the world around you by the the map would be both in a 2D and 3D perspective and you would have to keep changing it. So similar to something like Fez if you played that where the world around you you have to solve puzzles and get through the area by actually looking at the different ways that the world is shown because if you just try to go through one way like the 3d way you won't be able to reach certain platforms you have to change your perspective to get through it's it's a very interesting concept it's uh it looks pretty cool you should check it out yeah i definitely agree make sure you check out all of our indie developer interviews they're fantastic josh does a great job 
and I very much enjoy them. Uh, once again, my favorite episode is Thomas Brush. I think it's great. But <laughs> make sure you check them out. Now we're going to move on to our main news stories. Our first news story of the day comes from IGN. It's written by Adam Bankhurst. And I'm not shitting you when I've said I've had like six people reach out to me about this exact same thing this week. Yep. And it was outrageous but also heartwarming that so many people like would think of us when something cool happens in indie games so i'm telling you right now like josh reached out to me i'm gonna kiss you on the mouth if i ever see you in real life just letting you know technically that was like a threat of sexual assault but yeah i don't know about this (laughs) i'm i'm not happy that i just did that but i'm gonna kiss you on the mouth and sam also reached out which was amazing he's like hey i didn't know if you saw this and i was like i actually it was actually kind of funny so he sent us a dm and i was like oh yeah we actually have like i went to go respond but i was at work so it took me a little bit and in that time sam seemingly noticed that i had tweeted about it and then put that homer simpson gif where he like sinks into the head (laughs) he's like i'm gonna go now uh very good good job sam (laughs) fantastic thanks everyone so much for reaching out if you do see awesome indie games news stories make sure you send them to us so we can talk about them on the show because i'm not like some sort of mastermind i go to several different sites but not nearly as many as there are available so i'm definitely missing a lot of indie games news if you see them and we haven't talked about them send them in and we will talk about them but this one is yarn town is a 16-bit horror love letter to bloodborne and the legend of zelda of course written by adam bankers like i said over on ign Mm -hmm. it goes on to say while we still uh yeah while we still wait for any news on bloodborne 2 well i guess on news of a bloodborne 2 is the way he wrote it which it should have been read but i'm just an idiot yarn town a free indie game that is available now looks to help fill the void with the legend of zelda inspired top-down 2d reimagining of central yarnum from bloodborne as reported by kotaku yarn town is developed on the solaris engine by max Maraz. i'm guessing it's m-r-a-a uh, oh sorry m-r-a-z and yeah. is available for free on itch.io alongside featuring many of the gameplay mechanics of bloodborne like blood vials lamps quicksilver bullets uh, stamina and dodge rolls yarn town also includes most of what was featured in central yarnum including rabid dogs huntsmen brick trolls and even the cleric beast and father gascon boss fights this uh players start yeah okay so it's just like bloodborne you start out there's yep. a doll you can fortify your weapons and do all sorts of stuff did you have a chance to actually check out yarn town I didn't play it, but I was actually watching. So uh, Jacob Decker from GameSpot was streaming this. And so I ended up oh. watching it and just seeing kind of... He he plays Bloodborne a lot. And so it was interesting because he was playing through the game and basically stating like, oh, this is what would be in regular Bloodborne. So like they took a lot of, or at least this solo developer took a lot of that inspiration and made it so the world does feel like you're playing in Bloodborne, which I thought was cool. The actual gameplay to it, it it does look a little janky because it is a, it's very similar, very similar to like a Zelda game. A lot of people kept uh, comparing it to Minish Cap um and so you're basically fighting these enemies who have a a larger range than you so you're constantly having to roll and slash and roll back and slash um it's obviously a much simpler version of bloodborne because you can't get the in-depth mechanics that would come from a 3d game 
but the game is super cute it is very interesting that they actually did this and stayed true to a lot of the world around it uh i think it's only this first town so it's it's not like you're gonna get the full game but i think it's a really cool experience and it's free so like if you're a fan of bloodborne or maybe you're just a fan of the actual like story in bloodborne or like what it's all about you can actually try it like i was thinking to myself i was like this is probably the only way that i would get into a bloodborne game because i just don't really care too much for the 3d versions of it um but i'd probably end up just waiting until like a full version comes out but it does look really cool i was watching it 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 seems very like some of the things in it are like straight out of zelda there's this area where he fell down a hole and it was like the exact zelda falls like the old school zelda falling down uh like a a dark pit and i was like that is exactly uh a ripoff from it but it it still looks really (laughs) cool like i like the way he did it it's definitely very very well done for what it is yeah i absolutely agree and especially because he just released this on itch.io for free which is pretty great um i can confirm yes it is just the first town it's central yarnum it actually ends right after the father gascon fight you walk up and max actually placed himself in the game and if you talk to him he says like oh this is the end of it thanks for playing and then you just have to like exit out of the game if you didn't notice already i have played yarn town i made sure today like before since everyone reached out and i was like fuck dude i gotta play this game i went over to itch.io it's completely free uh you download it it's like 20 megs or something like that it's actually pretty small and then you have to i think encode some of the zip files so that you can then actually play it but Mm -hmm. having played it i think it's a lot of fun um i'm not a big like legend of zelda fan Mm -hmm. like new age old age any of that i've i've never really gotten too far into them so i can't say how close it is to legend of zelda but being a absolutely horrid Souls-like gamer and Bloodborne fan, I have actually played Central Yarnum. I swear to God, thousands of times because I'm so bad at this fucking game. So, (laughs) it is kind of jarring in a sense going through and seeing a lot of it be so similar, but also so different. Um, And I feel like, in a sense, I... I love that it's like this this very like lovely and kind of this love letter and very passionate like uh, homage to Bloodborne but in the same yeah. sense it uh anyone going into it I would not like I I would very much I I want to let you know and I want it to really sink in that this game is not going to make you feel like Bloodborne does right um, because it is it's not as hard it doesn't bring over like certain things so in a typical souls like game the only way to necessarily like quote unquote save is to actually do things at lamps and bloodborne or in like the souls games at bonfires this game you can actually stop and save anywhere so it doesn't really matter if you die you show up at technically not where you last saved but you show up at the last lamp but you can just leave you can exit and then pop back in wherever you want you just have saved so it's not a big deal and seemingly you you like saved your progression into the world um but there aren't like multiple weapons there's nothing like that you just fight with seemingly like your like the the saw and uh your gun so you can't like switch weapons or anything like that it's very rudimentary but it is really fun the biggest issues that i have with the with this little bit is kind of how you were saying it is a little janky which got really 
at times it got really annoying. So typically like I would be walking to the right, but then when you try to go up or down, you kind of strafe instead of just going down. So you Mm -hmm. keep moving in that direction, but you move kind of diagonally. And I'd be like, no, that's not where I want to go because then he would, instead of like, when I go down, looking down, he would strafe. And that would mean that if something was directly below me, I couldn't hit them. So I was like, God damn it. And it took me a little bit, but once I got used <laughs> to just playing with the D-pad, it made it a lot easier. Um, but overall, I think it's really fun. There is technically like a lot of stuff, like there are a lot of enemies and stuff that are missing in this that would have been like in Bloodborne. So they don't have any of the crows that show up in Bloodborne or in Central Yarnum specifically. Uh, they don't have any of those really gross, like gigantic dogs for the right. most part. Uh, they have like the the smaller kind of like dogs like the rabbit dogs but they don't have the very large like more beast werewolf like dogs and the boss fights are very easy uh that only includes the cleric beast and father gascon and even in that father gascon in bloodborne actually has two different phases once you get him down to like half health he actually becomes a beast version and mm-hmm. has a completely different attack pattern whereas in yarn town it doesn't have like there is no beast version of gascon he just fights you with his like axe and his kind of like blunderbuss weapon which is actually very easy to avoid even though it's not in bloodborne it's actually kind of a pain in the ass <laughs> And another big thing that's different between uh, Bloodborne and this is that in Bloodborne, you actually kind of have to time your gunshots like that is the way that you would do like visceral attacks. That's how you parry in Bloodborne is you time the gunshot to when something attacks, you shoot them. Whereas in this game, I've noticed that it's kind of like off and on. Sometimes it seems like I have to time it. Other times I'll just shoot people and it stuns them and puts them in kind of like a weary state to where I can visceral attack them and they just fucking blow up, which was kind (laughs) of like funny and cute. But overall, I think this was like a great homage to it. People shouldn't go into it thinking that it's going to be Bloodborne, but it is a lot of fun. Um, And also it's a free game. So, yeah, I mean, you can't complain too hard. It's yeah. just something that he did or they did on their own will and just decided to give back to people who love Bloodborne. Exactly. And I would honestly like if uh, if this person, like if Max went on to, to create the rest of Bloodborne, I would actually be very interested in playing that because I, I thought this game was pretty fun. There are a little bit of like janky things, like I said, with strafing and you can't roll down stairs sometimes like if and, and it's kind of weird the reason i say sometimes is because i tested it multiple times on this certain set of stairs and on other stairs where if it's a stair that actually goes up to a lot like a higher up section of the map you have a hard time rolling you have to actually do it at a certain point in the staircase otherwise it'll stop you and you can't roll down it which was kind of weird and like you there like other things like you can attack enemies through walls which is pretty weird um because they'll clip through the wall and you could just attack them and they can do the same to you and enemies don't walk upstairs which is so weird so like there were certain areas where i would like there were in central yarnum there's kind of like this parade of uh these like huntsmen that are walking up and down this like main street and mm-hmm. there is a very similar thing in this where they have like four or five uh actually i think it's like three so it's not very like accurate for the most part to their their numbers but 
there were a few of them and I just like walked up a staircase and they instead just ran into the wall next to where the staircase was. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I just sat where they couldn't hit me, but I could hit them and just sat there and hit them. So it, it offers a lot of like cheesy um, opportunities. The same thing kind of happened when I was fighting the cleric beast is because the cleric beast of all the like enemies in this is not a 3d object. It's actually 2d. Um, so it'll face one way or the other, but it's kind of like if you took it in Photoshop and just used the free transform and then moved it from side to side. <laughs> right. So it just changes direction. It doesn't have that third dimension, or I guess in a sec, in a sense, it also doesn't have a second dimension. Um, so like it just moves from side to side. So that means if you like at times I would just stand directly to where it couldn't face me and I would just attack it from there and it couldn't hit me. So I was just like, yeah, Um, but it's a lot of fun. I I will say it's, it is a lot of fun. There are many different things uh, than Bloodborne. So people shouldn't go into this thinking it's going to be a shot for shot kind of like remake of Bloodborne or Central Yarnum, but it is absolutely fun. It is a hundred percent free. I would recommend everyone pop on there and just try it out. Reach out to Max, let them know that this is like, a pretty awesome homage to Bloodborne and kind of like congratulate them on how great they did and seemingly did this for no reason. Like, I'm, yeah. do you kind of wonder if this will spurn this Max person into like making this kind of a passion project and working more? Well, so they're, they're already working on a game called Ocean's Heart, which is a oh. 2D Zelda-like. So I think that's kind of where this came from is Max already had a good amount of assets or things like the mechanics down and just wanted to skin the bloodborne world over um i don't know exactly how much like i don't know too much about ocean's heart it, it just does it looks very similar to be honest like a lot of the assets in here do look similar to what you would see in bloodborne so i don't think that max will go any further with it i mean maybe because of all the hype that they've gotten from this but to be honest this is probably just a good stepping point to be like hey i also am making a game that will feel very similar to this and you can check it out it's called ocean's heart yeah that's very true and possibly like maybe a selling point for this solaris engine because i've literally mm -hmm. never heard of that before and i i've only seen it like at the beginning of the credits i'm gonna look it up right now the solaris engine um home yeah, it's kind sure. of interesting. It's an ARPG game engine, which is mm. kind of interesting. A lightweight, free, open source game engine for action RPGs. And they are like mainly displaying a lot of like Zelda likes and Yarn Town specifically, which I think is really cool. So it seems like this engine is almost entirely built for games like this, which right. is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, I would absolutely recommend everyone check this out. And also looking at Ocean's Heart, Ocean's Heart I would check that out too, because it looks really <laughs> cool. It does look pretty good, yeah. Yeah, like once you said that, I like looked it up and I was like, ah, shit, this looks good. I'm gonna have to follow Max to make sure I stay up with what they're doing because this is this is pretty sweet. But I don't know. There you keeping, go. all right, keeping. What? What am I even saying? Speaking of keeping up with news, let's hop over <sighs> to our next news story. Yeah, dude, I don't even know what I'm talking about today. See, that's kind of the problem with me having Wednesdays off is that I don't talk to anyone all day. Oh. Now you're all mush mouth because you just you haven't yeah. practiced. You gotta I've talk got, to yourself in the mirror like a crazy person. I've got the rust on, dude. I need to like go out and do something on Wednesdays or like I don't know, play some Ooh, online games. I wish games I could do something, something any day. 
That's a good point. Yeah, you're kind of like that. You're you're exiled to your home right now because of the coronavirus, which I I mean, I shouldn't be going out either unless I absolutely need something. So Right. But I definitely have more uh cause to be concerned here in Florida. Yeah, that's very true. My fiance the other day was telling me that Idaho is now technically like um we're like in a red zone where we have like a uh, certain amount of cases per amount of people and it's just right. It sounds so bad, but it's kind of hilarious to to hear the numbers from Idaho when you compare them to others. So it's like Florida has hundreds, thousands of cases, whatever. And then you see Idaho has hundreds of cases and they're like, it's a resort per capita. There's so many people. And I'm just like, God damn it. Where's there's like no one who lives here. So it's totally makes sense. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. But our Let's next news story. Also on IGN, it's written by Matt T.M. Kim, and it is one-third of developers say their games were delayed by COVID-19, according to GDC survey. According to a survey for of almost 20 or 25, what am I even talking about? 2,500 <laughs> game developers, uh, one in three developers revealed that their game were that their games were delayed as a result of COVID of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, that has halted many industries as companies scramble to shift to a work from home model in a special uh, game developers conference GDC survey, one in three developers, roughly 33% reported that the games they're working on were delayed due to the pandemic. 70% of respondents also announced or yeah, also announced that they've begun working from home, while 27% were already working from home before the crisis. One developer was quoted saying, we transitioned to work from home okay, but it did cause us about a couple weeks of disruption as New Zealand got, uh, as New Zealand has got COVID under control, we're already back uh, at the office 100%, which I imagine a lot of people are like, that'd be nice. That'd be uh-huh. cool, especially in the U.S. They're just like, you're a cool guy. Um, every year ahead of the Animal Game Developers Conference, the organizers release, and I'm pretty sure I did not say annual, I said animal, but I'm just going to keep going, uh, release okay. a st- state of the industry survey with answers uh, directly from developers. This year, GDC's physical event in San Francisco, California, was canceled due to, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which, I mean, it's just kind of like, a hilarious thing where you're reading like one and three had to like de- delay their thing and it's like kind of the same thing happened to gdc it's not hilarious it's just like morbid humor once again right comes up <laughs> um in light of the events uh the organizers decided to release a special survey on how the pandemic impacted the games industry normally these surveys are meant to gauge a variety of sectors related to the work game developers do in previous years surveys reported on general interest in emerging technologies like vr or how many developers have begun work on next-gen games ahead of the playstation 5 and xbox series x announcements but with so much of the industry upended by covid19 this year's survey focused primarily on the pandemic. In other areas of the industry, 34% of uh, respondents revealed that their game business declined, while 37% said that their business remained the same, and 31% of developers even said business increased during the pandemic. Less than 10% of the survey 
yeah, surveyed developers were laid off as a result of the pandemic. And it goes on to say GDC will host a special digital only event uh, from August 4th to the 6th. And of course, once again, this is uh, Matt TM Kim over on IGN. Make sure to pop over, give him some clicks. So what do you think about this news story, Big Joshua? So I think it's pretty interesting because one of the things that I want to know is what the distinction is between the AAA space, indie dev space, like what what's the distinction between these metrics? Are they the 25,000 or the 2,500 developers all indies? Are they a good amount of people who are first party? Like what does that look like? Because I think there's a big difference in who is affected and how they're affected to what degree because kind of to that point the 27 percent that were already working from home before the crisis like that's a good possibility with a lot of those indie devs and it's it's interesting to see how many were impacted because granted we all know that this is an obvious issue but i would assume in the indie space that or at least you would think for you know, to some degree that things would stay the same if you were already in that mindset of being a small team that's dispersed throughout multiple people and just kind of working online. Um, but then again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to it. So, you know, yeah, I get what you're saying though. Like a lot of indie devs work remotely. Like they, they were working remotely beforehand. So you want to know like what exactly what sector of the industry, the COVID-19 pandemic was really affecting the hardest. Yeah, because I think that's an interesting story to tell, right, is how much of the actual market. So like how much of a a Nintendo, a PlayStation, like the Sony main line um, industry, how are they getting affected in comparison to how these much more smaller teams are getting affected? Because you would think that obviously someone like a Sony or a Nintendo would have more of a leg to stand on because they're a much larger company and they have more reserves. But at the same time, they've probably never been in a situation where they've had a lot of people who are remote and then have to figure out how to actually get things right. Because it's, you know, jumping from never having a remote office space to then being fully remote is a huge deal. And it's such a setback because a lot of people aren't built in that mindset or just have obvious family or, you know, other life instances that are going to take them away from being fully mindful at work and that's not to say you can't do it because i work remote all the time like that's how i work and i know that it is possible but it is a drastic change that could affect things so i don't know it's it's just very interesting to see i I do wish that i knew a little bit more about all the different um industries that were actually surveyed i couldn't find the actual report the only one that i could find was the older one from earlier this year from gdc that was more on who's working on what platform but that was back in january um so I'm not too sure, um, but it is it is interesting that it's only 33% because, you know, depending on who they surveyed, this could have been much higher. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I would also like to know, like, kind of just like you digging more into it is how exactly they phrased a lot of the questions, like how they phrased the question of, like, did your game get delayed by COVID-19 kind of a thing? Like, I, right. I would want to know how exactly they phrased that to see if the numbers were necessarily skewed in any one way or another. Not necessarily like, I mean, me saying that makes it seem like I'm trying to feed into an agenda or something. <laughs> I actually would just like to know. No, but it's a, it's a good point 
point because like when you think of a delay that really doesn't quantify anything does delay mean a few days does delay mean a few months does it mean a year like it could mean many things depending on what your organization has to go through so like being delayed could mean not a whole lot i don't foresee a delay of like like rogue legacy 2 that just got delayed by like a month and is that the worst no, it's fine. You know, flush out the game, make some changes that maybe you didn't foresee that maybe COVID had brought or maybe just general development delays came up. Like, that's okay. But is this something where those one and three developers are major delays? Are these things where like, there's a chance the game won't come out anymore? Or like, you know, like, there's a drastic difference between how they're affected, I'm sure, out of the 2,500. And you really don't get a sense for that in just saying one out of three are affected by a delay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a perfect way to say it. I would also like to know, like, so the main reason I would want to know how they phrase the question is, like, if they asked if your game was delayed in 2020, if possibly, like, the question was phrased, phrased that way, and then they d- extrapolated that, yeah, it was probably because of the COVID-19 crisis, or if they deliberately said in the survey, like, was your game delayed due to issues with, like, the COVID-19 pandemic? Because, like, right. how you brought up Rogue Legacy, um, and it, like, it's early access being delayed, which we'll talk about in Newscram, uh, Celador Games said it wasn't an easy decision, but we've delayed the early access launch of Rogue Legacy 2 from July 23rd to August 18th. Game development is a lot like football. It's weird, unpredictable, and we don't know the rules, but it's just like football when you... <laughs> I love how they do this. Uh, when you get the ball, sometimes you just gotta run with it. While while stabilizing the game for launch, we'd, uh, we've run into some minor setbacks, which, I mean, so basically they go on to say, like, it seems like while just in the development of their game, they realized that they are going to have to, like, push it back so they can fix right. some things. And this kind of stuff like happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, this is, like, another thing where, like, I, I wonder if... Like, I'm not saying that it did happen, but in a fictitious scenario where, like, Cellador Games was part of this survey and they said, yes, they delayed their game because, like, or they delayed their game in 2020 kind of a thing. If Mm -hmm. then, like, GDC's like, oh, it's probably because of the coronavirus. And they're like, no, it's because developing a game is fucking hard as shit. Like, it was weird to begin with and it's just as weird now kind of a thing, like. I, right. I just wish we got a breakdown of these questions. Like, I, I don't know if there's like an actual survey out there where it's like, yeah, these are all the questions that were asked. But yeah. I think that's that would I'm, be some I'm, really cool data. I'm trying to look for that, but I, I haven't found anything that's that specific one. I keep seeing, like I said, the one from January, which was a different report. So I'm not too sure. Um, if I can find it, I'd love to talk about like a deeper dive into it. But for now, it's just, it is interesting that that many people were affected, but it's also kind of expected that people would get impacted by this. This is a huge deal, right? Like it's not, it's not a surprise that certain people weren't prepared for this because how do you prepare for a global pandemic? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Especially when it kind of like, I don't want to say it comes out of the blue, but I mean, like not everyone's government worked the same way when it came to that. Oh, that's for sure. (laughs) The coronavirus. So in a sense, for some people, I guess it came out of the blue. Um, but yeah, there's also like one more thing that I want to say before we move on to news cram is that I would also like to know about the how in the bottom of the article they talked about how like a certain amount said that their like games like their um, 
that like revenue, not necessarily revenue, but seemingly business like interest. Increase. Yeah, their business increased, business decreased, or business like stayed the same, kind of like the layoffs and everything. I would want to know exactly how that broke down to see like if that if the COVID-19 pandemic, just like you were saying, was harder hit on like indie developers and stuff like that, because it would just be interesting to see how exactly right. it went. Like if if people in the pandemic, because I know that video game sales in general, I'm fairly certain have actually increased because went of up. the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. But I would uh, like some people saying that their business decreased. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, are people <laughs> buying more AAA games and buying less indie games? Or is it the other way around? Like, mm. I think that once again, that would be such an interesting story to report. Um, right. So I hope we see more from this survey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's an interesting point because I'm wondering kind of more deeper into what that means, kind of what you were alluding to, but just is that game sales? Is that potential game sales? Because it's weird for a company who might only be still working on their first game, right? Like, how do you say that? How do you tell whether you're doing better or worse at that point? You can't yeah, really I get say what from, you mean. Right. Like it could be a different meaning from business. Like, are we talking about game sales? Are we talking about the um, like marketing, like, like social interest in your like game? interest? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what business means because that's a very broad term, but I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see. I'm not surprised that some people are increasing, like you mentioned, because certain sectors do better in crisis mode especially with this one for video games like you were saying because people are stuck at home what are they gonna do yeah and i i just want to end this story saying that it sucks so much ass that people got laid off uh because of it like 10 percent getting laid off and seemingly like uh possibly losing their jobs because of the pandemic or anything like it um i'm glad that that number is not higher but the fact that it's 10 percent is super depressing as well like it's, mm-hmm. there's no good way to look at that, I guess, knowing that people lost their jobs because of it. No, not really. I mean, hopefully they'll find a job where they're happier. Uh, that's the silver lining, but that's not always assured. So it just kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's take this depression into news. Cram. News Cram is our weekly wrap up segment where we, the hosts of Indie Pod and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of Indie Games news this week. In News Cram, we do not have any news stories or any new deals and quick steals, but we have a whole bunch of new stuff. So as per usual, um, our first nine items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that strategy game Rock of Ages 3, which I always think of that weird like Tom Cruise movie whenever I hear Rock of Ages. <laughs> Or like Brett Michaels, like Rock of Love or whatever, which is super creepy. I just have to say that right now. My fiance was super into it and I was like, ah, he's such a gross person. Uh, But Rock of Ages 3 by Ace Team and Giant Monkey Robot is now available on the Nintendo Switch. That 2D platformer K's in the Wild Mask by Vox Game Studio is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam sometime in 2020. That open world survival craft game Forager by Hopfrog has just received a new update that adds many new improvements to the game, such as new game modes, pets, nuclear powered structures, and much more. That action adventure game Radical Rabbit Stew by Pugstorm is now available on the Nintendo Switch and PC. That co op puzzle game Human Fall Flat by No Break Games is getting yet another physical release titled the Anniversary Edition, which will hit store shelves in September, yet 
sadly there is no firm release date on that mm. uh yeah there's no firm release date on that that old school rpg vampires fall origins by early morning studio is headed to the nintendo switch sometime this autumn that Arcade racing game Inertial Drift by Level 91 Entertainment has officially been delayed until September 11th. That paper puzzle game One Line Coloring by Mythic Owl is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC on August 21st. And lastly, that indie fighting game Bounty Battle by Dark Screen Games has officially been delayed indefinitely. I really want to see, like, I want to play Bounty Battle. I think it looks cool. And when I say it's an indie fighting game, I don't mean it's an independently developed fighting game. I mean it's like a indie pogo or it's like a like um what is that other one? Brawl out where you mm-hmm. actually I mean brawl out much Brawlhalla less so. Or something. Isn't that? Oh yeah, I mean Brawl is also one um but each like the those ones kind of like less so this one like bounty battle is a fighting game similar to like smash is a 2d fighting game but entirely populated by indie game characters so things i saw were like um the i i've never played guacamelee so but the the character from guacamelee i believe i saw flint hook which i think is awesome there's just so many awesome characters uh in the game and i really really want to play it i think it looks really cool Hmm. very cool yeah, sadly it was delayed. So that, that blows. Uh, so not anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, now over to Polygon, where it's reported that the Overcooked series of games is getting a re-release with both games in one titled over uh, in one titled Overcooked All You Can Eat. On uh, supposedly this is going to be for PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X. And I didn't write it down, but I believe the uh, um, the version of the first game, just Overcooked, is actually the like remastered version. So it's supposed to run at like 60 FPS and like 4K. So yep. I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I believe so. Um, yep, so it says. There you go. Uh, now over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that puzzle platformer Machinus, Mechanus, it's M-E-C-H-I-N-U-S. How would you say that? Uh, Mechanus? Okay, let's go with Mechanus. By Huey Games has officially uh, announced, or was officially announced during Summer Game Fest's Day of the Dev stream and is set to release sometime on, or set to release sometime uh, on Xbox One, Series X, PS4, PS5, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Uh, yet, sadly, there's no like release date or anything like that. It's just platforms announced. Uh, mm. Now over on IGN, where it's reported that creature collecting game Temtem by Crema has received a new update that brings 23 new Temtem, new story missions, and a lot more to the game. Uh, so I'm actually very interested in hopping back into Temtem. I didn't get into like the the far reaches of the game or like however far it is in early access. So it's not necessarily like that. I'm gonna be playing the new content i just right. really want to play more tap tap i think yeah. it's cool Absolutely. and i like its leveling and like evolution structure i think it's super cool yeah i'm still waiting for it to be fully baked out and then i'm gonna jump back in ah oh, there you go um that dungeon delving rhythm game please i really <laughs> like myself on that one uh cadence of hyrule by brace yourself games is getting multiple dlc packs which include new playable characters more songs a new map and more and as an added bonus the first of these packs is available now on the nintendo eShop for 5.99 and that is the character pack mm-hmm. and i believe it gives you five new characters but i'm not 100 sure. uh yeah it's either five or four which is pretty cool i mean it's a good amount of content but 
it's only characters. Uh, I'm I'm thinking because I've played Cadence of Hyrule and I really liked it. I'm thinking that if I do end up playing the DLC, I, I would just wait until like the actual new level and content. Otherwise, meh. Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, the the new characters are supposed to have like new abilities and everything like that. And there is also a season pass available, which I believe is sold for $15. That'll get you all three DLCs, um, which will actually, I, I believe they'll cost more if you buy them individually than just buying yeah. the, the yeah. season pass. Individually. Isn't it like six, six and 10? Yes, exactly. Six, six and 10. Okay. So it costs you 22 bucks or like 15. So Mm-hmm. If you're a Cadence of Hyrule fan, I would recommend buying the season pass, um, <laughs> even though we don't know when the other ones are going to come out. And yeah. that open universe exploration game, No Man's Sky by Hello Games, just received a new horror themed DLC titled Desolation in which you investigate mysterious derelict freighters. This shit looks creepy as hell. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm not far enough in the game to actually fuck with that, but I still wouldn't do it because I'm not into it, dude. I'm a little bitch. I don't fuck with horror not doing it okay <laughs> such a baby i am i am a baby um and to round out the group over on GameSpot, it's reported that souls like metroidvania blasphemous by the game kitchen is getting dlc titled uh sorry i totally threw myself off because i don't know why uh titled the stir of dawn the stir of dawn i don't god i'm an idiot uh this will add many new features and pieces of content to the game such as new game plus new enemies and bosses new storylines and much more the stir of dawn is set to release on august 7th across all available platforms that has actually been changed because i saw on twitter that the devs of blasphemous actually sent out that i believe it's available right now on Mm. xbox one because of some sort of like technical difficulties or some weird thing like that so Mm. You can supposedly play it now on Xbox One, but everything else you have to wait until August 7th, which I thought was so weird because normally if you have technical difficulties, that one gets delayed, not just comes out like the next day. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I see it right here. Sinners, due to an unforeseen technical issue, or technical issue the Stir of Dawn free DLC is launched early on Xbox One. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't a... understand how that happens. I know. <laughs> Someone clicked a button that they shouldn't have. They're just like, well, it's already out there, so we're not going to fuck with it. Like, let's just do it. And plus, it's like August 7th. It's like two weeks away, so it's not that far away. Um, I mean. But yeah, if you're a big fan of Blasphemous, make sure you keep your eye peeled uh, to either your Xbox One. One, You can play it now. Yeah, dude, because you got to have, you know, like have one eye on your enemies, one eye peeled on your favorite video games. You know what I mean? Like, you got to go gecko. You got to, like, keep one there and one there. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. Yeah, I've scored. If you haven't noticed, I've scored a lot of people in my life being a little piece of shit. So <laughs> that's, why, that's why I got gecko eyes. So there you it's go. All good. That's <laughs> the, evolution. <laughs> uh, the turn-based tactic game Fae Tactics by Endless Fluff Games is coming to PC on July 31st, and that is um, very similar to like it looks a lot like uh, Ambitions of the Slime, like I talked about way way back when, or uh, something like Tactics Ogre, or from what I understand, Felsio Arbiter's Mark. So if you're a fan of like tactics games, make mm-hmm. sure you check out Fae Tactics. That's F A E, and then just Tactics. Um, yeah, it does easy. look pretty cool. Uh, it's one that I, I'm like, on the edge about. I kind of want to play it, but uh, these games just—it's so much time with tactics tactics games that i'm usually like 
do I have the time to invest in it? But it looks cool. I, I think it would be fun. Yeah, it looks really, really pretty. I know I'm just too dumb for it, so I'm not going to mess with it. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the end of that. Uh, that roguelike 2D platformer, like I said before, uh, Rogue Legacy 2 by Celador Games has officially seen its early access release delayed uh, from what it was in like July to August 18th. And lastly, that visual novel Neck necro barista by route 59 is coming to pc on july 22nd so big josh boy we've been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories that i think it's about time we get back to the creators in our next segment god bless the crowd this is where big josh boy hops into all sorts of crowdfunding sites find something awesome for us to talk about and we do just so this week we are going to be talking about beasts of maravilla 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 I don't know. Maravilla Island. Margaritaville. Yeah, Margaritaville Island. <laughs> a magic wildlife photography game. And they're like, I guess, subheader is an adventure game where you meet and photograph extraordinary creatures on a magical jungle island. The developers of this game, um, I don't know what they're called because instead of having the developer thing, it's the creative like lead that is on here which is super weird where it normally <laughs> says the developer um the devs are looking for ten thousand dollars they have vastly surpassed this with fifteen thousand three hundred and seventy five dollars as of the time of recording with 444 backers and 23 days left to go to get in on the ground floor and actually get the game which i still think is a larry's thing that i have to say uh you actually only had to pay five dollars which is yeah. crazy that's a, five that's bucks a or more price. Yeah, it gets you a digital download for the game uh, seemingly when it releases on PC and Nintendo Switch on December 2020. So, Big Josh Boy, what do you think of Beasts of Maravilla? Maravilla. <laughs> Maravilla. Oh, island. I always forget that there's the island thing there because the Maravilla thing is so weird to me. It's Beasts <laughs> of Maravilla Island. Oh, man. Well, I love the way you say it. Uh, that's point number one going in their favor. <laughs> Uh, point number two, this is a very Pokemon Snap-esque game. This is uh, just being able to walk around in a world and take cool pictures of a cute little environment, this nice island. I really like the art style to it. It's not like, it's got an art style where it doesn't feel like it's fully fleshed out, but in like a good way, where like some of it, the texture is just kind of not there, but it's like in a, a very animated, cartoony, like kind of like a painting, like an oil painting style to it, um, which looks kinda really nice. It reminds me of Ooblets in a way, but less weird. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, a lot less dance battles. Um, yeah, exactly. As far as we know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's, yeah, it's like a, a photography game and then dance battles halfway through. <laughs> One of the pictures you take is like a banana bird dancing against these, uh, what is it, like a mushroom toad. And you're just like, what's happening? What's happening? Taking taking all the photographs. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. You can find out. It's only $5. Uh, that's, that's point number three. This game's only $5 to get into, which is pretty crazy, especially looking at the game. Like, I don't know. This feels like it takes more than $5 worth of money to... <laughs> To, to create there's a lot of people on this team um but i mean hey they they got their their goal already they got past that ten thousand. they got to 15 which is great they still got plenty of days to go and they have 444 backers which is a good amount let me look and it's interesting because out of the 440 or 444 
181 backers are the people who did $5. So everyone else is a tier higher. So they still got a good amount of money. Like there's a couple of people who put in for the 15. Um, let me see. Can you get, yeah, you can at $5. It's so interesting. So they're paying for that mini art book. I don't know. It seems so weird. I, I feel like this would have been like five for PC and then 15 for switch or something, which I've seen before where they do that. Like you have to pay a little bit more for the console. Cause it's generally more expensive to do that. Um, but but honestly, I, I think this is a really good, like, peaceful game. Their whole mentality is that they they wanted something that's less about, like, a fighting experience and more of a tranquil, you know, that, that peaceful kind of feeling you get from just walking around and seeing nature's beauty and being able to take pictures of it. Um, I'm for it. I think it's pretty cool. I don't think it's a my type of game, to be honest. Um, it, they don't really need me as their audience since they already made their goal anyway. But like, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there who will be into this because there's a lot of people who just want to see those cutesy things and take pictures of really weird looking animals. Like the, the the creatures in the place look really cool. Like I, I like some of these, the the different ones that you you're getting to see and like the the little images and things like that. Like they are very creative looking. Like some of them are normal. It's like oh, here's a, here's a butterfly. But then there's like a mango bird and it's like this half mango, half bird thing. Like, it just looks interesting. There's very like mashup characters in this world that uh, just look very cute, silly. Like that banana bird. Like, come on, man. There's a toucan coming out of a banana. What is this? I mean, yeah, those, those like few uh, creatures that are like mixtures of food and stuff reminds me a lot of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs in oh, a I weird love that way. Movie. Like the, the second one where they've like have their own island and everything and there's like yes. weird animals kind of or, a thing. To be, you know, uh, hip and with it, it's very bug snacksy, you know? Oh, fuck off with bug snacks, dude. I ain't, I ain't gonna talk about I think about we're talking snacks. about bug snacks. <laughs> how does this fucking game keep coming up with this damn podcast jesus <laughs> I, it's it's uh it's, it's the new thing man i'm telling you it's the next untitled goose game and that that single came out shit was fire i've seen an article about that freaking song like every day for the past week i swear to god <laughs> people love it dude oh man but this isn't bug snacks this is marava vala <laughs> i forget how you say it maravilla <laughs> Beasts of uh, Marvilla Islands. One thing I want to ask you about this is like they're selling it for five dollars now. Do you think that the price is going to go up when they oh, hit for actual sure. platforms? There's, there's no way it's not going up. They want to port this to the Switch. Like they'd be crazy. To, I mean, it would be awesome. And and maybe, I mean, maybe the scope is different. Maybe this is a much smaller experience than we're thinking of, and like a smaller world. But like, doesn't seem like that. It seems like they got a good amount of creatures that you can go into. It seems like a pretty openish world. There's a, a number of different images of areas that you're walking through, and it seems much bigger than I would expect for something that's five dollars. But I mean, hey, who knows? I personally, I think in most cases, a Kickstarter will end up jacking the price up because otherwise there's not a lot of incentive to back now. Um, but I would be really shocked if that was the case for this because a $5 purchase seems pretty low for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exceptionally low. I mean, they did keep hitting on in their like trailer They and I mean, when I say they kept hitting on it, I mean like every one of the developers said about something the Nintendo about switch. Yeah, wanting to get this game into as many hands as possible, so they're bringing it to the Nintendo Switch. And I was like, you're kind of yeah. beating me over the head with this. I get it, dude. <laughs> I was like, we get it. You want to go to Switch. 
And like, I honestly, because they said that, I anticipated that to be a stretch goal. And then it's like, nah, it's just coming to switch. I'm like, why did you keep bringing it up? I know. It was really strange. I I mean, maybe it's a marketing ploy of just trying to get the whole like port everything to switch mentality of like, hey, it's coming to switch. You should back it. Because there are a lot of people who do that who are into a game and then they're like, but is this coming to switch? And so if the developer is like, no, then they're like, well, we're not going to back it. Like if you go in so hard saying like, hey, it's for the Switch, it's for the Switch, it's for the Switch, then you're going to get all those Switch owners who are like, oh, cool, a game for me where I could take pictures of banana birds. This is what I've wanted all my life. (laughs) I could take pictures of banana birds. (laughs) (laughs) Literally thousands. Well, I guess literally 444 uh, people. (laughs) Yeah, I... I think this game looks really cool. I like the tranquility of just going around and taking pictures. Now that I keep looking at it, I've like, seriously, the Ooblets comparison really sinks in. I'm like, this shit looks almost exactly like Ooblets, but but less wacky, which is not like me disparaging this game. I like the style of Ooblets a lot, and I like the style of this game. So Mm -hmm. I very much enjoy it. Um, I... I've always, like, I, I've constantly brought up and I've even written about it how I believe, like, photography in games as a gameplay mechanic is underutilized. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of, like, just photography games. Like, you're not you're not a fan of just card games. It has to be something else. Yeah, um, yeah, that's very true. So, I, I don't it know if this... It only took you, what, 90 episodes to get it? Yeah. <laughs> 92. Um, but I, like... I don't know if this will be something that I hop into just because I, I, I don't know if this is the experience I'm looking for, but I very right. much enjoy the fact that a lot of these photography games are actually showing up. Like, fucking, <laughs> it's so weird that for the longest time, like, Pokemon Snap comes out, and then, like, we had photography mechanics in a few games, like uh, Beyond Good and Evil and Dead Rising, and in a sense, like, as, like, a collection or achievements um life is strange but we have for the most part been barren of these photography games and i feel like now in a year and in this like kind of like decade of like what is going to be a decade of a new pokemon snap game having come out now a bunch of photography games are coming out it's so weird Um, it's a little strange i mean i'm for it like I, I kind of feel the same way where I don't know how much of a fan I would be of it literally just being the photography aspect of it. Like the reason why I like Pokemon Snap is the, the, the clear ties to Pokemon and the fact that there is a mechanic of trying to get the best picture and there's a point system and you have to like, there's still that e- emphasis on like you have to win the game. But with this, it's more of just like, take your time and take a bunch of pictures of banana birds. Um, which is still the cool. The pear bird. <laughs> the pear bird. All the kinds of birds. I, I mean, I still think that's cool. I just, to your point, I don't know if that would be what I want out of a game. I mean, there might be times where I'm into that, but I don't know. It just depends. But I, I know there's there's clearly people who want that. I also find it so weird they're phrasing in this, like, in their Kickstarter. Maybe they're phrasing it as to, like, if their Kickstarter didn't get back, the game would still come out, but just on PC. Because they keep saying, like, they they say they only have 10% of development left, Uh but then they also say, like, um, the ultimate, like, their 
ultimately they want to release on the Nintendo Switch. Um, this belongs on the Nintendo Switch. Like they, like I said, they bring up the Nintendo Switch a lot, but they kind of like are arguing for it to come to Switch. So it seems like this Kickstarter is more for the game to come to Switch and less about the game to exist in general, which I think is kind of interesting. Right, and it is kind of it is weird because yeah you are paying for them to like be able to come to switch but then again you're also paying for the fact that you could get the game for five dollars which i assume it's going to be more later on um but yeah they do they do state we've always fully believed the game should be long on switch but in order to achieve that there are final development costs we need to pay for and so that's kind of where this is coming into there are certain stretch goals like they've already hit the 15k one for different languages so that it will be translated in brazilian portuguese spanish german french uh and chinese but then there's there's also a couple others um which i don't think are that crazy to be honest like there's one where people will get stickers if you gave a certain amount like a certain tier and then another one that's like a selfie mode the tiers don't seem like anything crazy which is a little upsetting but it's hard to be like when i paid five dollars and only got the game like (laughs) (laughs) you're like typically you'd pay five dollars and in some cases not even get the game so show your mouth (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah yeah i i think the game's really cool i very much like it's already succeeded but i hope it sees even more success in the next like 23 days because i think it would be cool to see what kind of like stretch goals they push this to like i think a selfie mode is really cool um and like Mm -hmm. new stickers for the 40 dollar and up tier but -hmm. i would like to see things that are like i guess more applicable for the wider range of like audience um and what they're gonna do but i mean they are like they have 10 percent supposedly of their development left so i don't know exactly how much they could shove like into the game um but it could be later content as well it could just be like a like oh yeah we're gonna do a dlc similar like hollow knight where it's like yeah we'll have like zone we'll have um we'll have hornet dlcs and stuff like that yeah i mean i could also see this being a really easy game to shove dlc into because it could just be like these areas now are more populated with different bugs and different birds and different like they don't really have to change anything about the world they could add new little creatures in there oh Um, yeah so like it's an easy way like as time goes on they would want to add more areas but like it's an easy thing where they could say like oh because we got xyz amount more money we're putting in these new creatures that you can interact with or something to that nature yeah that's a good point right now they have uh 40 unique creatures big small like both big and small and they have uh three distinct ecological zones uh mm-hmm. that have their own unique species so i think yeah they could do additional content as like a stretch goal or something like that and be like yeah we'll add a new zone or we'll add like 10 more creatures or something like that i, right. I think that would be cool yeah um, that makes sense so any last uh little bits you want to get out before we hop into our listener questions no nah, man i just want a shirt with that banana bird on it that is pretty cute i like it a lot i think the developers are actually called banana bird but i'm honestly not sure considering that they felt the need to just put that one lady's face on here so whatever we'll call them banana birds (laughs) uh so if you'd like to check out this game of course you can head to our twitter and follow the link i make sure to tweet out on thursdays before these episodes air uh like links to the um, the God bless the crowd pick. So make sure you follow us at IndiePod. But also, uh, yeah, just make sure to check out Beasts of Maravilla Island. And that's <laughs> everything is normally spelled, but it's M A R A V I L L A. That's yeah. how you spell that. 
I love it. Check it out on Kickstarter. Uh, it's only five bucks. If you're into photography games, make sure you check it out. But it's time to get into our listener questions. Uh, Josh Nichols, the soon to be, I mean, you're the biggest of average Josh boys. So I don't know. What is he? I don't know. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe the biggest of extravagant Josh boys really just dig wow. dig at you. Be wow. like, yeah, beach. <laughs> God damn. Why you gotta always do this to me? I thought you loved me. <laughs> uh, so Josh Nichols writes in and says, Okay, so I know it's not a hundred percent indie, but I feel like it's close enough to talk. Uh, to ask you guys about also once again i feel like we say this in every episode but you don't have to write in with just indie game questions not often do people actually write in with indie game questions so you can ask us what's your favorite ice cream and then we'll mock vaughn for liking bubblegum ice cream it's the best i don't know why all of you are stupid and don't like it but it's fantastic and disgusting Uh, but he writes it and says, uh, yeah, it's close enough to ask you guys about it. With Scott Pilgrim versus the world having its 10-year anniversary and, celebrate, uh, and celebrating by having a live table read and also with plans for a theatrical re-release and a 4K Blu-ray, which I didn't know about either of those. I think a theatrical re-release would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think our chances of getting this classic... Uh, what do we think about the chances of getting this classic back? When he's saying that, he is referring to scott pilgrim versus the world the game which i believe if i'm if i'm like correct it's like a 2d beat-em-up that was solely released on xbox 360 and is stuck there uh not a hundred percent so i think there was a playstation 3 release of it as well um, oh, okay. But so the one that I I, I played the the Xbox 360 version because it was like a live arcade. Um, I think it was just on live arcade. I don't remember there being a physical copy of it. But anyway, so I played it and honestly I loved it. It was a really good beat 'em up. It had I think it's called Animanaguchi is the the artist does like amazing amazing just very uh, well. I don't even know how to describe them. They're just very cutesy, techno-y songs that are just so good. Um, the The combat style was very beat-em-up, but it was a lot of fun. From what I remember, it was actually really hard. Um, but it was such a cool game. I really enjoyed it. And I'm hoping that it... it like All of those, <laughs> the signs are pointing towards Scott Pilgrim being re-released or some to some degree, at least. Even if it's just like we did a really sloppy port of it and it's just the same game, but like, here you go. Like I can imagine them doing that because like, why else would you put all this other publicity around it? You know, not really that like that the game is the star of the show, but like there's so many other things you're doing. Like it's a missed opportunity to not push away for you to make more money. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I think that it could be, I just don't think it's going to be as soon as people are thinking. I think it might like now, since the last time that uh which was i think it was like a month ago or so i don't know what time is anymore in this covid shit um Mm -hmm. but i think like a month ago there was a big blow up on twitter of like scott pilgrim it's gonna get the re-release like i think that is probably the time that it like sparked it or maybe it was something leaked that it was in the works so i wouldn't say the composer uh, right said that said something along the lines of like the game is getting re-released kind of like teasing it 
Yeah. So like, I, I think that it's, it, it could be something that happens, but I don't think it's going to be something where it's going to be like tomorrow we get the game. I think it's something that in a couple of months we might see. Do you think that this would be something like that they would announce and then later do it? Or do you think that they would do, they would just do like a shadow drop and then be like, Hey, just let everyone know fucking Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The game is available on all digital storefronts. I think what they would do is Ubisoft has a, uh, what are they? They're, they're like doing like mini directs, uh, to some degree now. And yeah, so I Ubisoft think Ubisoft forward. Yeah. Ubisoft forward. And I think there's another one that's coming up September. I think they would, they would actually put some kind of plug on this then and say like, Hey, it's coming out in XYZ, whatever that might be. I don't okay. think they're going to, I don't think they would shadow drop it. Um, I mean, maybe, but I, I think it would, it'd probably be more hype to actually, show up and be like hey this is gonna come out the leaks were correct you'll have to wait xyz whatever it is and then people will start going crazy they'll start talking about scott pilgrim again and it'll build up more hype to get more of a wider audience who might not have played it back then or might not have seen the movie back then wouldn't it be hilarious if it was a skate for scenario where you just got like somebody being like it's coming back and then they didn't say anything else they were just like it's it like right i mean maybe i mean skate for <laughs> did come it's it's now coming. It <laughs> yeah, took... you just know nothing about it. <laughs> I mean, we just know that nothing it about exists. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Wouldn't that be so funny if they did that? Where they were just like, they had the like the writer, the original creator of Scott Pilgrim, or like somebody affiliated with the game be like, yeah, the game is coming back. Just thought I'd let you know, but gives zero details. Zero. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would not put it past Ubisoft. <laughs> That would be so funny, but so fucked up at the same time. Because then they could just not say anything for years. And people would be like, what the fuck? And they, just like they are now, where they're like, what the fuck? Where's this game? <laughs> uh, but to, to talk about what I initially brought up, it was DLC initially on the PlayStation Network. Um, and then I believe like 15 days after it released on the PlayStation Network in 2010, it came to Xbox Live Arcade. And then... Um, in October, so a couple months later, it came. Uh, it released in Japan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's what happened with that one. Have you ever actually like read the comics or seen the movie for Scott Pilgrim? I've seen the movie and I've read the comics, but it was a long time ago. Yeah, I've never. I, I've seen the movie with Michael Sarah, and I I very much enjoy it. And I think yeah. it's it's kind of interesting. Like when I initially watched, it, I was like, "Oh, this is really good." And I never understood why so many people were praising it for having such a great like ending. And then you find out it is because the story wasn't done. Like right. that, that's not actually the same ending as in yeah. the like the comic, which I think is really cool. Um, but I I actually really want to read the like. Okay, I keep calling it a comic, but I'm going to be 100% certain. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I'm not sure if it was a manga or a comic because I know it's printed in the version of like a manga, but I wasn't sure if it was like technically a real manga. I don't know. There's all sorts of people who nitpick it. It's fine. It's It's a a manga. It was back when I used to to read that that type of book. Uh, Those, whatever they're called. Manga? (laughs) I used to. Well, yeah, but I wasn't going to describe manga by saying manga again. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 ones that you read the opposite way, but they're like comic books. You're like, what? Yeah. What does that much. mean? 
Yeah, I, I really want to read them because I uh, honestly, I love the art style. I think it's really cool. And I love the story overall. I think it's really awesome. And I think the characters are super quirky yeah. and super interesting. But once again, that's just from seeing the movie. So I have no idea. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it. It's there's different. there's obvious differences, but the movie stayed pretty good about being close to like the character and the way they are. There's obviously a, a lot more that's in the manga. Um, I personally like the manga better, um, but I think that's the same with anyone who says something like the book was better than the movie kind of situation. Um, but I, I definitely think it's worth uh, checking out. Yeah, and you can buy it in like a collection on Amazon, but the game itself, it kind of blows that you can't get it anymore. Yeah. I think it was actually like delisted also on those digital storefronts, so you can't even go back and buy it anymore. Right. Like those who have it, have it. It's just like PT, who like consoles with that game on it actually sell for a lot of money because people really want it, which mm -hmm. is kind of weird. But I think it would be awesome if the game got kind of like a like a re-release like i said i know the composer is teasing something about it and uh limited run games apparently gets like hit up every year about it to the point where they put out this like passive aggressive tweet at the beginning of every year and they're like just to let you know once again we are not going to be releasing a physical version of scott pilgrim versus the world the game at all like it's not gonna happen because so many people say shit about it which i think is so funny i yeah. <laughs> Every time That's I good. see it, I'm like, it's awesome. Uh, so, Samuel Fillion also writes in and says, Yarn Town. Uh, yeah, Yarn Town. I, for some reason, I keep wanting to like. <laughs> it just says Yarn Town. I know. It's just so weird to me because every time I think of Yarn Town, it's not like Yarnum. I think of Yarn, like like that mm. Yoshi game, like Yoshi and what was it? The Woolly World or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Woolly World. Yep. I always think about that. But uh -huh. uh, Yarn Town is bloodborne all, all the time dude i always think of woolly yoshi oh, i'm like man nice. that thick boy with his weird shoes that he was born with i'm into it all right i like it you know what he want I, like he makes me want to get a rug burn in my underneath you know what i mean i'm mm -hmm. winking you don't you can't it. see it yeah. well, i'm winking uh his reimagined with uh classic zelda graphics and sounds amazing you can get it for free dude sam just go on there play yeah. the game it's pretty dope mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. what game would you love to see have the same treatment Big Josh boy. Yeah, what so, game? I mean, I've gotten, a, like, some of my wishes came true in, in this regard. So, like, thinking about Paper Mario as a series, there's a couple of, so we have, like, Bub, Bug Fables, and then we have, I think it's, oh, man, I, I wish I would remember the name of it. It's something like Bread, Bread something, some kind of thing where it's, like, there's other games out there that are very, like, Paper bread Mario something. clones. I, I have to look it up now. It's, like, <laughs> Bread Brigade or Bread Boy, Bread bread boy i don't remember what it is bread boy is probably not gonna get what i'm looking for i don't know i looked up bread brigade and it's bread brigade cookout serves homeless people in florence so i don't <laughs> think that's it either. no i have no idea i'll i'll tweet it out when i find the person there's there's something it's like a upcoming game it's something with bread i don't remember it looks cute it definitely has the paper mario theme to it anyway those are like the type of games that that i'm thinking of with that taking it and and actually putting their spin on it and revitalizing well i guess it's not the same because it's not like revitalizing a series that could be great but doing something that i don't know the i'm just pissed off at the the paper mario game that i'm playing you do <laughs> only, you don't like origami king this is a long-winded answer of saying fuck that game 
no, it's. I mean, it's it's good, but that's it. It's good, and it's not what I want. It's um. There's a game called Scrap Story. I don't know if that's story. what you're thinking about. No, I don't. I don't think so. It's got bread. So. I don't know. I looked up Paper Mario bread, and there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I'll find it later. It doesn't matter. No, dude, the game, it's so frustrating because its they took away the RPG element to it and they made it so... It's its a puzzle game now and I don't want that. The boss fights are cool though. Anyway, this is a weird rant. Uh, so <laughs> I would say probably uh, I'd like to see something with KOTOR or at least a game in that fashion of, of taking something to the nature of what KOTOR was and creating an indie version of that obviously they can't do that with star wars because you know no one would ever give you the rights to mess with star wars but i mean no one gave him the rights i'm sure to do this so i'd love to see something like that i just want more kotor i want that that like very uh rpg experience and the interesting timed but not timed combat like real time but also timed uh, turn-based combat. Um, yeah, I'd love to see KOTOR reimagined. Uh, for me, well, I mean, one, I would like to say, like, you never know. Maybe eventually, like, uh, Disney will renegotiate the deal with EA that they have for, like, exclusive uh, Star Wars content because everyone hates a lot of the Star Wars games that are coming out. So you never know. <laughs> Apparently they're satisfied doubt. with it, but... Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't, I just don't think we'll ever get a KOTOR because they have Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, and that's basically where all of the resources for KOTOR is and lives. So we just have to live with uh, an MMO, I guess, that I have I no interest know. to play. I don't know. Wasn't there like rumors that there's going to be a KOTOR remaster? Rumors are bullshit. <laughs> Weren't they like pretty pretty reputable sources though? <laughs> Rumors are bullshit. Until you fucking release it, I don't I don't want to hear it. All right? That's fair. I guess yeah, that's fair. I'm uh, getting my hopes up for this. Yeah, I mean, you never know. We live in a world where Nintendo said some like an indie developer could make a game with their IP, so you never know. And Nintendo is like super like notoriously stingy with their IP. They copyright strike people who play their games on YouTube. Like they're, you know, like we live in that world, so it's possible that you might get like an indie Star Wars game. I think it would be cool. It's like, called play Born it. of Bread. <laughs> Have you been trying to find it this whole time? Yeah, I retweeted it. It's called Born of Bread. It's by Born Wild Wild Arts Inc. I mean, I got Born and Bread Bakehouse. That's what I got. I'm gonna have to look up game. <laughs> look, man. I- I'll I'll send you I'll send you their Twitter right now in the <laughs> chat. All right. <laughs> Born of bread. <laughs> Check it out, okay. guys. It's uh guys and gals. It's great. Looks looks real nice. <laughs> it looks nice. Um oh okay, I see what you're talking about. All right. I mean I I'm trying to actually find pictures, but they're just like retweeting other stuff. But uh to get into <laughs> like answering his question if i was to choose a game that was specifically made with like classic zelda graphics um i don't know i think psychonauts would be really cool like i'm i'm obviously a big fan of psychonauts but i think having a similar treatment that uh yarn town did and like bloodborne did with yarn town specifically i think it'd be really cool to see that happen hmm. I, yeah, I, didn't, I don't i didn't think of like specifically zelda in in that regards with the question 
but yeah i, I think i think that would be cool yeah yeah i i i don't know i just went with it because i was like i don't want to have to think of two things like what i would two make things it into. that's that's more than i could ever think just so many things, dude. It's I mean, too many of the things, you know? I mean, if we're going with that logic, I'd want to see something like a Bioshock remastered, like re-envisioned in a Zelda world. Obviously, it's ah, it's a little okay. weird because it's like more guns, but I still think it would be super interesting to walk through Rapture in a 2D version world. Yeah, that would be cool. I think that would be really cool. And I would like to see how like creative the, like in this scenario, how creative the devs got with like the pixel art for like big daddies and stuff. Like, I think that would be really, really dope. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, mine would be Psychonauts. I just think it's amazing. And I I need more Psychonauts. Psychonauts 2 is apparently coming sometime. So I don't know. We have that (laughs) Xbox like showcase soon. So Uh, tomorrow, I think actually as of recording this. So just to date the episode even more. But there you go. That is the end of this episode. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you would like to chat with us outside the show, you can do so in a myriad of ways. One being to follow us at IndiePod on Twitter. And I will once again say, fucking do it. Click the follow. It's easy. And then you'll get, like, you You could see when we post episodes, when we do giveaways, which right now we're doing a giveaway for Baby Dino Adventures, the game I talked about last week. Uh, and that's going to be going until Sunday from when this posts. So you have two days to enter to win that game. And we do indie game giveaways quite often, which is pretty fantastic. And I'm so thankful that developers give us additional codes that we could do so. So thank you so much. You guys are just like chef's kiss. You're amazing. Uh, so and cool. Yeah, I mean, we're just so amazing. Um, <laughs> hardcore imposter syndrome. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can, like, you, you get updates when we post, like, episodes. We tweet out, like, indie games news. I If there is, like, a deal that's going to run out soon on an indie game that I won't be able to talk about on the show, I tweet it out there. Like, make sure you follow us at IndiePod on Twitter. Super easy. We're going to, we post a lot of content, especially now with Josh doing these awesome developer interviews. So make sure you follow us there. You can follow me at Hyde Legion. It's way less necessary. It's just my bullshit. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) You can just chat with me there and you can chat with the biggest of average Josh boys uh, at the underscore George 90. Josh, do you have any like upcoming stuff for Parallax Media or anything you want to shout out on this episode? Um, for Parallax, not really. I tried to get a written interview with the people who made Gunfire Reborn, but they said that the developers are a little bit too busy at the moment. So hopefully they'll get back to me soon and I'll be able to post that there because they said they wouldn't be able to do an audio one. Um, but a lot of what I'm doing right now is just mainly focusing on these audio based interviews for the, the podcast. So just, you know, click that follow or subscribe or like or whatever the fuck you do on podcast services and uh do it to ours and then you'll just always be notified when uh when my new interviews come out and there should be one for the next foreseeable like eight weeks or so based on what we've uh, scheduled out so there's there's a good amount of stuff coming yeah, and I mean, to even sweeten the pot, like to sweeten the pot even more, we do have more content also coming down the pipe. Um, I'm I'm not going to announce exactly what it is now, but keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter or just I, because remember, you got to have that yeah, one, on one your, eye, your nemesis. You never know when they're going to strike. They pop through the fucking wall like the Kool-Aid man and scare the shit out of you. You duke your britches and then they kill you. Like, you got to watch out, okay? You got to end these episodes in a super weird way every mm-hmm. week. That's how we do it. <laughs> 
Make sure you check out our most recent indie dev interview that Josh did with Victor Burgos for Nico Ghost Jump. Uh, make sure you go check out the Kickstarter that they have. See if you might enjoy it. Possibly like give them some money to get the game funded because it does look really cool. 2D slash 3D puzzle platformer seems really, really interesting. Um, but that is it for this episode. Oh, I guess also just to shout out another thing, make sure you follow my uh, other podcast. If you want to hear about my hero academia, it's at go beyond pod. Check it out. You subscribe to it on all your favorite podcasting services. We talk about fucking my hero academia. If that wasn't obvious, I do it with Mr. Chris Penwell. He's amazing. The British Bulldog. I don't know what people call him. He's the big boy. He's great. I want to kiss him on the mouth sometimes because his voice is just so... You kiss a lot of people on the mouth. Yeah, I think I just want to kiss people if I'm being completely (laughs) honest. I'm feeling a little bit riled up. I guess so. How come you I'm getting married soon. So I'm pretty sure I've said I kiss you on the mouth like a bunch of times, dude. All right. I don't remember. Sounds like you want some kisses. Give me some kisses. I'm lonely out here. (laughs) Even if I went to Florida to give you a kiss... We, I am pretty sure I would be like in quarantine for like two weeks, yeah. and then you'd be like, "This kiss is just so much sweeter." <laughs> you gotta savor that shit, dude. I was just talking about. No, I mean this is a weird segue, but I was just talking about something very similar to that. Not kisses, but I was talking with my my buddy who I always like my drinking buddy. I always hang out with him and drink with him, and we haven't gotten a chance to actually hang out and drink in so long. And it's been one of those things where we started like a, a beer subscription service where we keep buying beers and we're like, well, we'll have a bunch whenever we can see each other. And we were like, <laughs> we were talking about um, <laughs> hanging out. And I was like, why can't we just like, I don't know, take a shower and then hug each other and then take a shower after. <laughs> That's so weird. It's just like, it just sucks, man. It, sucks <laughs> <laughs> i love all those pictures of like me meeting up with my homies after the pandemic and it's like the guy hugging uh, his friend and has a fistful of his ass <laughs> <laughs> something like that i don't know man i just miss friends don't yeah, get me wrong I, I fucking love my wife and being with her has definitely helped me get through this but like you know come on There's, you need to talk to more than one person in your life Oh, that's why you got me, big boy. We talk oh, that's every, true. Uh, once a week. That's true. Very <laughs> therapeutic. Very therapeutic indeed. <laughs> uh, that's it for this episode. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, fam. <laughs>